Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hello. Hey. <laughs> it's Friday. We we're just oh, we were just having a good yeah, shit talking session. We are starting a cult again on Friday the what is it? What March is the 5th. fifth. It's, yeah. March five. March five. That's Grand Up Jake. Uh Georgie's here today. Yeah, we're we're met with the old man himself. It is I. And we're here to we're today we're celebrating our hundredth year episode. Whoa. <laughs> Reword that. that one. <laughs> Reword that. Yeah. One hundred years of episodes. You're right. Today. We started this in two thousand nineteen twenty one. We started the show in the year three thousand twenty one, and we've gone backwards in time. And now we've presented you the millionth episode. Yeah, I was I was listening to the hundredth episode, and I just thought in my head, wouldn't it be great spinoff show to make? A, sh- a show about reviews on books that you don't read. What? <laughs> just give a review of something you haven't read, or like a movie. Just give a review. I haven't seen it, but I can tell you this. Lawrence of Arabia. <laughs> Never seen it. Too long. I don't want to watch it. I can't stand it. I love that idea. We are here to talk to you today about a little fella from the ex-Super Bowl victory situation area. That would be Mr. Bob Rodella. Bobby B. Bob. Bob, Bob Robert. Rob's. Boobs. Bob, whatever you want to say. Yeah. Let me let me just tell you this. Okay. I... I, it, this will be more. This is going to be a part, a two-parter. It's there's a shit ton of stuff. This is a two-part series. So today we're going to cover, you know, the, uh, the how he got to where he was leading going. up, you know. Um, but I want to say this in the in the beginning of the show. Uh, for part two, uh, there is a documentary that we've watched and we're probably going to rewatch together. Um, and I, I brought it up because you guys are going to love this. It's called Bizarre Bizarre. And it was produced and directed by none other than Troma Films, uh, the same the, uh, people the that wonderful company that brought us Toxie, the Toxic Avenger, uh, uh, Sergeant Kabuki Man, Sergeant Kabuki Man, uh, NYPD, Poultry Geist, Rabbit Grannies, Cannibal the Musical, uh, Nuke High or something. Yeah, nu- uh, yeah. class of Nukem High. Nukem High. Um, yeah. I want to tell you this. Um, it is. It's it's very depraved. Um, do you remember those like a lot of movies? Penises. Do you remember the movies from the mid to late two thousands? Uh, they like the one. It was like an epic movie, and then they had date movie. Spoof like, film. yeah, oh yeah, the, 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 spoofs. the spoofs. Um, you know how those films tried to get trashy with their material, like they wanted it to be kind of crude and in your face humor. Well, they could never do it as well as Troma no, does. No, that's that's Troma's forte. Um, the only thing I'll tell you, we'll we'll talk more about the documentary in part two, but I I felt it needed to be mentioned here. There are multiple scenes um, where a victim uh, reenactment happens, and it is full frontal penis 
with a <laughs> full frontal ass, and they put some red flecks of blood around the ass to show the torture that they were put through, and they just show it. They just show it. You just felt the need to get this out right off the bat. I did, because you know what? <laughs> everyone I've, needs to know. I've never I went seen, through it, so everyone has to know. I've never seen... It, it's really well done, too. They have that... Uh, I think his name is James Elroy. He's the true crime writer. He's okay. like the guy who does it. Wait, the the entire movie? Yeah, he's the narrator. He's the story person. Like He's the one doing everything. So they have very credible people in the documentary... It's like a full-blown, real documentary. It's just the reenactments are trauma. Trauma's badass. I just, it, it, it's nuts. <laughs> I, it's a little lightheartedness before we get yeah. into just sad We get into life. Mr. Bob Berdella. It's Berdella. It's Italian asshole. Berdella. He was a uh, serial killer, right? He was, no Yeah, way. he killed people, this reenactment in the movie. Uh, he was a serial killer active between July 6th of uh, 1984 and April 2nd of 1988, during which time he drugged, sodomized, tortured, and murdered at least six men. Oh, yeah. All right. All the victims were from the fringes of society, usually like drug-addicted men partaking in sex work. Uh, yeah. Or men just generally in trouble with the law. Okay. <laughs> I didn't know what so, to say. I, I was laugh. like, "All right, well, um, dead then, air." I'll tell you this: it definitely he has uh, he has a lot of parallels to John Wayne Gacy in many different ways. Uh, just the way he's physically built, he is a um, larger man. The way he kind of acts, uh, the in a way he's perceived in his town as a bit of like the goofball everyone knows he's him. like a character uh so he's gacy was never really a jokey character he was more of just like a guy people were aware <laughs> I know of what you're thinking by the clown stuff but but uh bobby he was much more of a uh he what i lack of a better term he's just the local character he's he not is. like the local drunk he's just the local weirdo that just fucking <laughs> he ran a bazaar shop out of a resale store. It's so true. It's true. He was well, just a weird guy. Let's start from the beginning. How do you get so weird? Uh, Robert Andrew Berdella Jr. was born on January thirty first of nineteen forty nine in Cuyahoga Falls. I think I'm pronouncing that I right. I believe Cuyahoga. you are Cuyahoga. Yeah, in Ohio, and uh, the first of two sons, had by Robert Berdella Sr. Uh, he was a die setter for Ford Motor Company. Pretty all right job, all right. And uh, Mary Bradella. The household was uh, usually, not usually, it was all the time. It was Italian American and uh, devoutly Catholic. So Italians and Catholics, their mixture. For some reason, Catholic Italians are the biggest fans of Christopher Columbus. And for the life of me, I cannot figure out why. But they are really? just why? adamant Christopher Columbus fans. Isn't he from Spain? I don't. I don't get the. I really don't, don't get it. Uh... The first I ever heard no, of that he, was he... in The Sopranos. They loved him, and then maybe he was Italian. Uh, on the news the last time. When is Columbus Day? I don't even. Is that January? No one cares no, about Italians. It sounds like. But yeah, like Italians like love it. I don't. I don't know why. But they, Italians and Columbus, they go together like fucking peanut butter and jelly. I didn't know that. I'm learning stuff every day. He's from Italy. He's from Italy. So there we go. We got confirmation. All right. All right. I guess that makes sense. <laughs> Why aren't they that crazy about like Chef Boyardee though? Because isn't he from Italy too? Supposedly, yeah. I think he is he's a real, a real person. guy, right? Wait, look that up real quick. I'm pretty confident that Chef Boyardee is a real person. I could be wrong. Maybe he's an amalgamation of fictional cooks. <laughs> I don't know. You he, know, like Emerald. The painting of him looks pretty based on a real guy, right? He's not even a good cook. Like, it's just ravioli or SpaghettiOs. It's he's just fine. Like, I'll eat it. It's so generic. And then the commercials where they had those rapey cans that would follow kids home Yeah, they home just from follow the people home. Uh, he's a real person. He's, he's real. a real guy. And he's there okay. You go, he's an Italian guy. I am batting a thousand tonight. I am just batting <laughs> a thousand when it comes to Italian people. Hector Wait, so you got to say it to the mic. We got to hear this. I don't know. It's, uh, how do you pronounce E T T O R E? 
Ettore. Ettore, uh, quotations, Hector Boyardee, spelled totally different from the can ravioli. Well, yeah, we had to Americanize it, like Boyardee. Yeah, we literally spelled it Boyard and E-E, and his name is spelled B-O-I-A-R-D-I. Boyardee. Boyardee. Chef Biardi. Sorry, Hector Biardi. He makes uh, he makes his spicy canned ravioli. <laughs> he, he he loves the cook. Oh yeah. Uh all right. Let's get back to the murderer. On a lesser. Is, not yeah, he fun was a, so he was Italian American. He's devoutly Catholic. Uh, probably so, a Columbus fan. Probably a Columbus fan. They probably had a picture or so. But uh, Bob was a bit of a misfit, both at home and at school, right? So at home, his father uh, was the classic 50s father. He occasionally beat his kids with a belt. And he favored the one with a proclivity towards uh, sports, okay? Classic. I feel like that still happens nowadays. Definitely. Like, like is, <laughs> It's kind of like average. That's a stereotype that just did not go away. I don't really get it, but, you know, I just, hey, to each his own. Hey, man. Play Sometimes, some t-ball uh, or some shit. Yeah. Daddy will love you. Yeah. It's fine. Unfortunately for Bob, uh, he was he was not athletic. That went to his younger brother, Daniel, who was seven years younger. His dad, like, always uh, preferred him. So Bob, in his father's eyes, was a failure. Okay. So, uh, you know what the saddest part is? By the end of the, this uh, murder spree that would happen later in life, his dad could look back on this and be like, I made the right decision. I picked <laughs> yeah, the right like, kid. I, I'm glad I didn't love him. Just validates everything he's, he's ever like, done. I always thought I was a terrible father until I turned on the news today and saw that my son was a piece of garbage. Now I know I was right. Oh, what a good man. But uh, So, yeah, he was a failure in the eyes of his father. Uh, so that was Bob's home life, okay? Uh, school for Bob wasn't much better. Uh, though Bob was intelligent, he had a difficult time in school. Teachers found him difficult to teach due to his aloofness, but his aloofness came from his home life, as well as bullying from other kids, uh, because he was a childhood bully's dream victim. Okay, he was overweight, he had a speech impediment, he had, like, these thick-ass Coke bottle glasses, uh, yeah, due to severe nearsightedness. What was that, Georgie? And killers. That's, I like <laughs> that. And killers. That's nice. New. That's new. <laughs> but yeah, so he was a weird-looking kid. He was a funny-looking guy. Uh, he didn't have a great time as a child, right? Uh, however, yeah, Bob... Yeah, I mean, how fat, blind, like, stuttering people often do struggle a bit. <laughs> Getting whipped by his dad for can't, not running. I, I can't even imagine why he was picked on. Yeah, no, no way. But, uh, yeah, so he did find a semi-social outlet in writing letters to pen pals around the world. It was through his letter writing uh, with foreign individuals that he began collecting stamps and other oddities that he'd received from them. All right, so he's starting to collect things. He's got, like, a hobby. hobby. What's collecting stamps? Is that philatelic? Uh, It's boring. I don't know. It is boring, but it's got a fun name. Stamps are such a dumb thing to collect to me because, like, you're not if a philatelist. I'm sorry if you guys are uh, stamp collectors. I'm not judging you, but for me personally, I don't understand it because you you aren't collecting it for anything other than to look at, really, or have. So why wouldn't you collect things that are more interesting? You know. Well, you just what do you collect? Movies. I don't really that you just anything. collect and look at. I have I have deposits of things that if they <laughs> what were do you to have deposits of. <laughs> Like movies, CDs, but if they were gone, you know what? It'd be. I, it, I'm not a true collector because I wouldn't be upset if they were gone. All right, all right. But like, I, I don't know. I just don't get it. You it's just like view it as clutter. It's kind of the same with me as like baseball cards. It's like, yeah, we get it. But like, how often? It's not like the stats so are ever going to change. Cards, yeah. You know why do you need them? No, it is true. Anyway, yeah, he collected stamps and a bunch of odd shit from around the world. Uh, it was around his teen years, uh, when he had puberty, that he realized that he was a homosexual man. All right, which kept, yeah, he kept that to himself for uh, several years. Yeah, that makes sense. He's already the target of bullying at this time. That's yeah. uh, and it's the sixties. You know, come on, or fifties, fifties or sixties. What year is this? Oh, this is two thousand. It's the sixties. It's the sixties. But uh, so yeah, in his teen years. 
Though he briefly had a girlfriend in his early teens, uh, as Bob grew and developed, uh, he grew to develop a uh, very rude and condescending attitude, which came out mostly when interacting with women. So he was just being very catty. That makes sense. I kind of get it, you know, I mean, you you hate the stereotype, but back in the day it was a lot more common for spousal abuse, uh, 99% of the time against the women. So, uh, be, uh, honestly, a guy that's already suffering abuse probably doesn't know the best way to interact with humans. Yeah, you know? probably not. Probably not. Doesn't understand the cadence of uh, living a life. It's but true. it's fine. So he was slowly building a sense of like uh, self-confidence, right? And through his discovery of cooking as an extracurricular, he developed a sense of like showmanship. So he was, uh, he was starting to present things, you know? And... Uh, uh, but just as Bob was coming into uh, his own and, you know, developing confidence in any sense, uh, a life-changing event happened. On the evening of Christmas Day of 1965, Bob's father had a fatal heart attack in Canton, Ohio, while his family was visiting relatives. He was 39. Right? That's young. It's very young. That is, it's a bit young. It's, 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 I'd call it a tragedy. Yeah. Oh, so he never got to look back and... No, he was right about his son. Yeah, he did from so hell. So sad. <laughs> from hell, nice. Uh, yeah, so what else happened? Though his father never approved of him uh, and uh, abused him to a degree, both physically and mentally, uh, this was a huge blow to Bob, right? So this event led to Bob seeking solace in religion, but unfortunately this deep dive into religious study also led to uh, Bob becoming skeptical of Every faith that he read about. It's funny because if you go on the internet, that's almost the exact origin story of every single person on the internet. <laughs> and they're much. all so unique. Oh, uh, yes. Just they're all so unique. No one flowers. else has done it. He was doing they this shit in nurtured. the 60s. He was reading books, okay? He wasn't going on blog posts. <laughs> Uh, and another thing that didn't help this situation uh, was that Bob's mother remarried pretty shortly after her father's death. And uh, he developed a deep resentment for her due to this and began regressing to his childhood reclusiveness. Okay, so okay. So he starts going back in. He used to hang out with, uh, you know, his old stuffed animals, his little blanky boo. Uh, so if you know what, I know it's been a while since a tea party. He'd suck on his thumb and maybe play with that old school G.I. Joe. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, that's maybe a little bit later. Maybe not the 60s. When did G.I. Joe's come out? I'm not sure, but right yeah, yeah, he's I know it. the boom was like around the 70s. The, those are like a lot of the collector's editions are from the 70s-ish. Really? Uh, but I, I mean, I would imagine they've been around quite a while. I yeah. can't. I can't see them not being around in the 60s. I can't imagine. G.I. Joe's not it's existing. It's just a, 64. 64. So, yeah. It could have happened, yeah. Maybe. Yeah, all right. Uh, so, yeah, the uh, what am I doing? Though Bob's uh, childhood and teen years were heavily influenced by his father, there were two other major events that I would argue uh, stand out the most when it comes to the path Bob's life later took. Uh, the first would be his viewing of the 1965 film adaptation of John Fowles' book, The Collector. That That's a good-ass fucking movie. Is it? I've never lie. seen it. Oh, it's good. But yeah, All right, so for those uh, who aren't familiar, I, yeah, I didn't watch it, but I looked up the, the little, little synopsis. All right, uh, it's basically a story of a young English man who stalks up ducks and holds captive a young female art student who eventually dies in the basement of his farmhouse. Mm-hmm. And Bob claims that this, uh, he claimed later in life that this movie spoke to him on a very deep level, right? Uh, it that had much movie to shouldn't do. fucking speak no, to you. No, it should not. He's, <laughs> he said it pretty much gave him the ideas for all the fantasies he carried out thereafter. I had a different life. When I was a kid, it was like Ferris Bueller's Day Off really spoke to me. It yeah. was like, that is the life. <laughs> the Jimmy Neutron movie? I was just like, this... This does something for me. This you. guy's watching someone abduct a, a woman and tie her up and leave <laughs> and her the like, hey, like, He watches the misery and he's like, oh, you know what? This is the best porno I've ever seen. <laughs> like, like oh, this, Jesus, isn't a, this isn't a porn, sir. Like, are you sure about that? It's, like, it's really doing it for me. <laughs> Explain why I can't stand up. But uh, All right, so the second event that I would say um, 
It was an experience that he underwent at one of his first jobs, right? One day while working as a line cook at a local restaurant in Ohio. Just like Georgie. Just used like to do. Georgie. Just like me, sort of now. Um, Bob was raped by a coworker. So that's not good. Um, <laughs> that that is a gut punch. I don't even know. Just while he was like still in high school, he's still a kid. He's just working oh. as a line cook. One of his fucking uh, coworkers raped him. Yeah. Oh man, not good. Uh, that's intense. I don't know why at work, Georgie. <laughs> why anywhere? You know, I mean. <laughs> But, uh, <laughs> no, the bigger question is why it worked. Uh, <laughs> like the boss, no, I can't. I mean, he. I hope he got fired. I mean, please. Yeah, is I that, would very much hope that he got. Is fired. Is that too much to ask for? Or at least, or Bob maybe quit. That would be another solution there. But uh, uh, though he would later tell psychiatrists that this event had little to no effect on him, it's pretty safe to say that this uh, had a very negative effect on his psyche. Yeah, anytime that any of these people that commit crimes like this, when uh, people tend to go back into their life and they pinpoint a certain event that happened or day or something uh, that they think might have been uh, a catalyst for behavior, whenever they deny it, like just outright, no, that had it's nothing like, to no, do with No, I didn't really it. think much of that. You know like, that that's, that's like a huge very scarring thing to have to go through and he's like no when they deny no, it, it couldn't be that whenever they deny it that means to me that that is one of the biggest things oh, of that course, did, yeah. made him do it yeah oh god all right so all that stuff happened not good for bob uh it was it was two years after this uh, event that bob graduated from cuyahoga falls high school and he enrolled in the kansas city art institute in missouri no, it's so Missouri. Missouri, sorry. It's Missouri. Missouri. Uh, so he moved out there. Uh, it, was, uh, it was there that he discovered uh, for the first time the hippie lifestyle, and he fucking hated it. He did not like it. I did, see, to me, like, I mean, I never lived in the, the age of the true hippie. I, I'd imagine it would be a little overwhelming. I can't really imagine myself outright despising hippies. Even if I wasn't oh, a fan. Oh, look at that one. It's not wearing shoes. Really? <laughs> like, <laughs> to me, even if I wasn't a true fan of the hippie lifestyle, I'd just be like, that's not for me. But like, you hear so many people that are just like, I fucking hate hippies. It's like, why, man? Like, Why do you hate them so much? Oh, God. Oh, hippies get no love. Hippies except get no love. Except from other hippies, and that's how they get diseases. There you go. There you go. <laughs> But uh, so he started out uh, with an aspiration of becoming a professor uh, from the school. But he quickly became known for his drug dealing around campus because he didn't like it. But he was he didn't like the lifestyle. But he supplied them the drugs. Hell yeah! You don't shit where you eat. You know if you don't like drugs, you're the best drug dealer there is. It's true. It's you true. have no risk of ruining your overhead. Yeah, uh, there is there are some dangers though because when Bob was nineteen. He was arrested for trying to sell meth to an over, undercover officer. Man, that's just... You can't do that. That's just unfortunate. Yeah, right. Like, man, where do you... Oh, I have so many questions, Bob. <laughs> so he posted the uh, the $3,000 bail, and he pled guilty, and he only got five years suspended, uh, suspended sentence, which basically just probation, right? Uh, but one month later, uh, he was arrested again uh, with two fellow students, and... Uh, this time it was for possession of weed and LSD. And no, sir, that's just paper. <laughs> I take my notes <laughs> on that that's paper. That's my normal everyday paper. Like, sir, that paper is the size of your fingertip. I, I write my it's notes. Like, yeah, I write pretty small. You know when you go to, like, the state fair and there's that guy that writes your name on a grain of rice? That's how I take my notes. I, <laughs> I have to put How do you them... transfer that? Does he, like, put it in a bag or you have to, like, put it loose in your pocket? I don't know. You just eat it. Is it in like a little case? You just, it's just eat it. It's just, <laughs> make it for dinner. It's just rice. I don't know. You just fucking eat it. Nice. Uh, but yeah, so the three spent five days in jail. Uh, but luckily, uh, luckily for Bob and one of the classmates, the charges were dropped due to lack of evidence. So he lucked the fuck out. I told you. He would have gone to They pled that it was just notebook paper, and they cut away. <laughs> he successfully wrote down his name on the ass. This one has a Grateful Dead bear on it. I don't know about that. <laughs> like, no, it's fine. This is Homer Simpson with tie-dye eyes. 
He's melt. His face is melting. <laughs> uh, so getting into trouble with the law wasn't the only thing that Bob was busy with at this time. So he was at art school. Uh, so he partook in creating some art and performance pieces. Uh, let's go through a few of Bob's art pieces. Okay, so these are well. Hold on. Interesting. You can't see the air quotes around art. Yeah. You know. Well, who are we to say? Let you know what. Let's let. Let's let, let the listeners the decide. All right? You guys are the judge. All right, so for the first one of his uh, performance pieces, he made students and teachers stand on a chair with bags over their heads, uh, and then Bob would walk up to each one and scream obscenities in their face for long periods of time. That just sounds like Festivus to people that don't want to partake in it. Just like so the literal just, screaming at someone's face. Just screaming their fucking heads off. Just fuck you! <laughs> just, oh, oh. And uh, so the next noteworthy art piece was a small maze. Uh, those that entered the maze were handed a small baby chick. And at the end of the maze, there was a short film that was looping on a screen. And the short film depicted a baby chick just pecking away at some food on the ground. And uh, suddenly, and without warning, the chick is shot with a shotgun by uh-huh. someone off screen. And the gunshot is, like, loud as fuck. So the people that are holding the baby chicks in real life involuntarily squeeze and uh, kill the chicks. So he created just... Art. Yeah. <laughs> Air quote. <laughs> an art. An art situation where you can just kill chickens. I'll tell you this. I went to art school. And I so don't did think I. I was there with you. I don't think they would approve that in any way, shape, or form. No one liked it. Absolutely I'll no one what, liked though, this. you got to be honest with yourself. I mean, as dark as it is, it'd be interesting to see. He would stand at the end of the maze and just watch people doing it. It would be He's like, I know, oh, it's going to happen right now. I'd want to be the guy with the gun. Yeah. Yeah, that would probably be the best job. Actually, you, I don't you know. Probably, you feel the worst. You're the only know, maybe one you got voluntarily to eat it afterward. killing. Nah. Yeah. Yeah, but can you really shoot a chicken with a shotgun and then It's eat eviscerated. It? Yeah, it's it's gone. I don't want to eat uh, that shit. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, you would stand at the end of the maze. Uh, he loved it, and no one else found his work very good. Uh, in fact, they were deeply disturbed by it. <laughs> uh, this, however, didn't change how Bob felt about his work. Uh, he maintained that all throughout this time at his art at the Art Institute uh, that the problem was everyone else and that his work was too challenging. What was the guy's name in uh, Catcher in the Rye? Uh, Holden, Holden Caulfield. Yeah, Holden Caulfield. I feel like he is living the life that Holden Caulfield lived. <laughs> no one understands me. Pretty much. Yeah. He's like, you guys are all just phony <laughs> I read idiots. the word fuck carved into a stairway and i got so enraged yeah <laughs> it's like what he is, he is quite literally the the reincarnation of holden yeah Caulfield. pretty much uh so for his last art piece it's the final art piece that he did it was a performance piece um he brought a duck to the courtyard of the campus chopped its head off and started dancing and chanting nonsense That's art just this is art. I'll tell you this. Don't you come, dare laugh. It's art when he does it, but when I do it, I'm arrested it's, because yeah. I'm I'm defacing public property, so I don't understand. So where'd you get that duck? Did he catch that duck, or did he, like, buy it? Like, what, what do you think happened with where that duck? Where do you even duck? buy a duck, though? I mean, I've been where to a lot of pet stores, and I don't think you could just buy ducks. I'll get you a duck. I'll get you a duck by 2 right p.m. Uh, but it, at least he he took it home and ate it that night. So that's no, that's the that's real a art. bit better, I guess. The art of cooking. Yeah, there you go. Culinary stuff coming in. Culinary aphrodisiacs, baby. Yeah. So though the administration of the college was not too thrilled uh, at all by Bob's art, uh, he wasn't kicked out of the Kansas City Institute. Uh, he dropped out voluntarily in 1969. Isn't that what they say about Michael Jordan too? <laughs> He voluntarily retired from oh, basketball. Yeah, totally. yeah, okay, okay, buddy, I believe yeah. you. But Michael Jordan was a misunderstood genius, unlike Bob, who thought he was. But Bob he is just totally was misunderstanding his own genius. <laughs> He's a fucking idiot. Uh, so Bob then put down a hundred dollar down payment on a home 
in Westport, Missouri. <laughs> when is the last fucking time that someone hundred dollars do down payment? And th- this was like not a small house. It was like three stories with an attic. I could go buy a house right now for that kind of money, but that's oh, oh, I can't even. <laughs> you can barely buy a new shovel for that kind of money. You can't. You can't. Not a good one. But it was a it was forty three fifteen Charlotte Street, and this is where all of his crimes would be carried out, right? Uh, so he began working as either a manager or a chef at like a bunch of different fine dining restaurants around the city. Uh, he proved to have uh, extremely uh, he was extremely talented in uh, the restaurant business, though no one job would ever last very long due to his insistence on saying incredibly uh, dark and disgusting things to anyone that would listen. Uh, for yeah. the sake of being shocking, that's, I mean, that's why he said he did it. I get it. I I've met people. I've both met people like this, and I've been that guy. And yeah, I but can't, it's like costing him a job, yeah, like I, multiple times. I can't imagine anyone I've ever met or myself ever doing that in a public setting, let alone at a place that uh, is paying my rent. You know? Yeah. Like you really—he's <laughs> just a pretentious art school dick who grosses people out to the point where they want to fire him. Yeah, you got to keep your mm, Bobby boy is not doing too hot. Not really, but uh, so really, these things—they just produce secondhand embarrassment to everyone present whenever he would say them. He's like the Michael Scott of serial killers. Pretty much, he just makes <laughs> yeah. you uncomfortable. Imagine if Michael Scott was who he was in the show. <laughs> But he also killed people. <laughs> It'd be like Dexter. It'd be a great like fanfic Dexter, thing. Yeah. Oh my god. But uh, though at this point in Bob's life, uh, he kind of stopped caring. Uh, stopped caring what people, you know, thought. He didn't care about their opinions. Uh, throughout the seventies, Bob spent his money uh, that he made from his restaurant business jobs on oddities from around the world, like primitive artwork. He had a bunch of shrunken heads, all sorts of uh, occult artifacts, skulls, etc. He, he just had a bunch of shit in this house. Pretty much anything you could find on the Pirates of the Caribbean ride at Disney World. That's yeah. the type of shit he would sell. Yeah, that's Bob's house. But uh, he also came out openly as a gay man, which was no small feat uh, at the time. Cool. So good for him. Him and Harvey Milk were some of the only two doing that at that time. There you go. Uh, so in 1981, Bob quit the restaurant business, however, uh, for uh, for good, okay, to open up his own antique shop full of the oddities that he'd collected over the years. He uh, he rented an area in the Westport Flea Market and named his shop Bob's Bazaar Bazaar. Hence the documentary Hence title. Hence the documentary. Are we going to watch that tonight? Uh, probably not tonight. We should rewatch it. But no, we'll definitely, I'll watch it again because it was... Whew, was weird. We got to see it, and you should too. Everyone should look see, it up. You get to see the flea market. It's not. It's not what you think a flea market really is. It's like it's more of just like a large building with a bunch of booths in it. <laughs> oh, a business? Kind of, yeah. It's, like it sounds like a business. See, to me, when you say the word flea market, I think of like a large open space with like yeah, some like, people uh, in tents, some people with just tables. Yeah, it's like a fair, but yeah, you don't. Yeah, no, this was a lot more. Uh, it was, it was weird. It was kind of like a Goodwill that you could just rent a booth at almost. Kind of cool, man. I, I would cool. go to a store Pocket like all that. the money, no taxes. Are there taxes? I, I hate it. Like a normal one if you just like. It's a full cash business, you know? Hell yeah. All right. Well, this was wonderful for Bob. Uh, he was uh, he was finally doing something that, uh, you know, with his life that he felt he should be doing. However, uh, as some uh, could imagine, Bob's Bizarre Bizarre very rarely made enough money to cover the mortgage payments on his house each month. I can't believe Kansas City is not flooded with people that want to buy shrunken heads. I could believe it. I mean, I might buy one if I ever saw one just to own it. Just like the the novelty of the store itself. Yeah, but I would never... I, I went to a, I like a, I went I to a store, sort of... Me and Mitch went to a store in like Tennessee that was kind of like that. Remember that goth? Like all that goth stuff? That didn't have that huge, yes, a stuffed tiger. They had a stuffed giraffe. It was crazy. Anyway, I don't think it was the bizarre. No, that was just the mildly bizarre bizarre. There you go. But uh, so, uh, yeah, he wasn't making much money. Uh, So though his house was full of all these oddities uh, he'd collected over the years, as well as uh, 
the general disarray and filth of a hoarder, like stacks of newspapers, like countless garbage bags of clothes and fabric and rotting trash, as well as a few dogs running around who were always just openly shitting and pissing in the house, he began renting out rooms in the house to sustain uh, house payments. Really? Yeah, it sounds gross. And a large reason why the house was in such disarray was the fact that Bob really only ever spent time in the attic. Uh, he'd venture out to That's get like... safe. Yeah, right? That's safe. But the smell rises, though. That's not good. So uh, he'd, he'd occasionally like venture out for food or like to use the bathroom or something. But aside from that, he was like always up in the attic. So he was renting out these rooms to young men who were... Um, were in and out of trouble with the law, whether it be like addiction, prostitution, or the like. Uh, Bob used this fact to build a reputation around town as sort of like a philanthropist. He's like, oh, he's taking in all these troubled boys, giving them somewhere to live, you know? That's, it's like a foster care for people that are going to (laughs) die. Pretty much. That is not safe. uh, Yeah, it's not not good. (laughs) It's kind of dangerous. But uh, the neighbors thought uh, he was a weirdo, but they looked at that as kind of noble, so they were just like, all right, he's all right. Uh, But in reality, yes, he was exchanging uh, rent money for a place to live, but this uh, apparently also implied that the tenants slept with Bob regularly. Sexually. Yeah. And if Bob built up trust with one of these guys, uh, they'd be sent out to the streets to recruit other young men to come back to the house to party. (laughs) Party okay. at Bob's house. Hold on, hold on. This, it's like organized crime for sex. It's just the sodomy mafia. That's all it is. The sodomy mafia. Whoa. That's like what he's like. We're gonna. You're my new guy. Come here. You're gonna go out there and you're gonna find me some new people to party. Air quotes with party. There's enough drugs there. You know, they got the drugs. They got all the oddities. <laughs> they got boys. Ooh, that is odd. There you go. Uh, so partying uh, translated into Bob drugging them, having sex with them, and sending them off to the streets again. Okay. So maybe you don't want to party. Yeah, those aren't. Maybe the, you don't no. go there. No. Lots of red flags, I'd say. That's a. That's like if a registered sex offender throws a child's birthday party in their yard. You shouldn't go, even if you're invited. It just politely decline. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably good to good to go by. Politely decline. You don't want to set that person off, you know. <laughs> They're just a lit fuse. You don't want to. You don't want to shake that boat. I promise. Oh God. So, uh, yeah, the party, and we all know what that means. Red flags. Uh, so this uh, this sort of activity came to a head on the day of July fifth, nineteen eighty four, and this is uh, the first murder. The first Grant. Murder. You so, nineteen-year-old Jerry Howell, Mister right? Howell, Mister Howell. He's nineteen. He was the son of a fellow flea market merchant who Bob had known for years. Uh, he began sleeping with Bob pretty regularly. Okay. Uh, one night, however, Jerry didn't want to have sex. You know, how dare like, he? Like you do sometimes. You just don't want to. Yeah, you know, sometimes you're just fucking, I don't know, tired. You don't want to. <laughs> just not in the mood. So Bob pumped Jerry full of Valium, Asapromazine, which is like an animal tranquilizer, and booze uh, in order to tie him down and rape him. Okay, 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 okay. okay. So there we go. And throughout this whole ordeal, uh, Bob took meticulous notes like in, in like a journal. Uh, of everything that he did to Jerry. The like control Bob had in this situation was euphoric for him. And uh taking these notes was to, you know, relive it later in perfect detail. So he noted the exact amount of substances that he'd given Jerry as well as the names. And uh he noted each position that he'd uh raped him in using acronyms such as FF for front fuck. Okay. okay. BF for butt fuck. And oh. CF for carrot fuck. Okay. Because he used vegetables I, pretty often. That's a that's a frog fuck. That's when you bring in a frog, right? You just kind of let him go buck wild Frogs. on the asshole. You just party. You just have fun. Yeah. Now what's a what's a DF? There, there's no DF. Are you shitting me? 
it's F, B, and C. And C is carrot fuck. But he also used cucumbers, but the acronym still works. See, you got to get more creative. You know, it can't He's be- just taking notes, man. He's not, like, trying to make an opus with this. I don't like that he sticks to only the phallic-shaped vegetables. Uh, how about, like, a... <laughs> Your critique is that he's not being weird enough what about like in a these, these do, actions? You know? An HF, a honeydew fuck. I'm going to kiwi fuck you so bad. Oh How many kiwis? Shove oh this tomato God. right up your asshole. <laughs> okay, all right, we're still in the middle. This is a very this is a very sad thing. That's how ketchup's We're still in the middle. <laughs> uh, so the whole event, uh, he took Polaroid photographs throughout the entire thing. And, I uh, picture him like Austin Powers in the the was that the second one when he's taking the pictures he's like you're a cat now you're a cat now you're angry at me <laughs> she's like a corpse he's like all right now you're sad play sad just getting really into oh, it God. his neighbors are like man what the fuck is this guy doing Jesus yeah he he was taking pictures he was he was enjoying himself probably masturbating so, uh, I have no evidence he definitely got that. off a few times uh so the whole event uh, from start to finish took about 28 hours until Jerry eventually died it's speculated that uh this was either due to drugs in his system or the gag in his mouth blocking uh vomit from his throat ultimately suffocating him either way he's dead uh bob then dragged the body to the basement hung it from a support beam, and made incisions in the jugular vein. Like Jesus. Like Jesus. And then uh, he placed a large pot underneath him from the kitchen, and he did all this while still taking more pictures, more photographs. Uh, He then left to go tend to his bizarre bazaar, because it was Saturday, and that was a very busy flea market day. He couldn't miss out on that payday. Obviously, yeah, that's, that's where the money's at, you know, you... F- fucking fuck Wednesdays. You don't deal with that shit on Wednesdays. going on on Wednesdays to flea markets? Saturdays when the shrunken head business goes through the roof. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, so he then came home after a hard day's work. Uh, he put on one of his aprons from his culinary days, and he proceeded to dismember Sherry's uh, <laughs> body. Uh, to do this, he primarily used butcher knives, uh, though he removed... And his own teeth, like a beaver. That could be. A BF, a beaver fuck. Oh, God. <laughs> BF is butt fuck. We've already established A this. BBF is a beaver butt fuck. Okay. All right. There we go. Uh, <laughs> so he used butcher knives for most of it. But uh, to remove the head from the spine, what do you think he used? Nail clippers. Garden All right. shears. Garden um, shears. Um, uh, ask the question one more time. All right. Let me think. I'm, in, sp- I'm so making time. He used to... knives primarily, yeah, but yeah. then to remove the head from yeah. the spine, what do you use? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with something weird, okay? And I'm gonna go with a hammer. I don't think that's the that answer. That would be a process, but man. But I'm thinking he's weird enough to do it that like way. Like a claw hammer, like a ball peen. Just a one regular, is way easier just, than the other. Just a regular old hammer, you know. All right. Well, it was a chainsaw. He he cut the head That's off the spine easy. with a it's chainsaw. Too easy. See, I, I fooled you. All right, but anyway, uh, he used a chainsaw. He cut off the head. Uh, once this whole morbid ordeal was through, Bob wrapped up the body parts in newspaper, which he then placed in trash bags, and then he placed those in empty dog food bags, and then he placed those in garbage bags, and then he placed those in the cans. Uh, and then he placed the cans at the curb. And then so he, he, placed ju- he the just curb threw Jerry out. He threw out Jerry. He just like he just did. That was such a long explanation. But he threw him in the dumpster. <laughs> yeah, he's he put Jerry's body out for the Monday morning garbage pickup. Uh, so Howell's family realized that Jerry was missing, and they immediately suspected Bob uh, Berdella because they knew that they were close. They knew that they had been fighting. And they knew that Bob was a weird fucking guy. I don't so they think were like, this, weird. this is not good. This uh, is Kansas City normal, from what I hear. Kansas City's a weird place, it sounds like, man. I love it. I shouldn't I talk there, too much, too bad about Kansas City. I love I Kansas City. To, I've only been there a couple times, maybe once or twice. I've been it was there all once. right. I was there, I remember the last time I was there, we were playing with the fireworks, and we accidentally threw a smoke bomb, and it went into some guy's car, and we left. Hell yeah. We were Classic children. Kansas City. It was Don't not. Even worry I, about it. If that was you, I'm very sorry. I'm sorry. 
Can you imagine? We get an email. Uh, <laughs> you fucking asshole. You ruined my Jaguar. Like, I didn't know what kind of car it was, I swear. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so they knew all this. So they were just like, police, you got to do something. But the police, uh, they did absolutely fucking nothing. Yeah, and they like claimed, the yeah, they claimed there was no evidence. Uh, they they did absolutely nothing in attempts to find any, and uh, and they said that Jerry would just turn up. And with that, Bob Berdella has gotten away with his first murder. Indeed, he has. He has. It's gone. It's dead. He's Jerry's at the curb. That's a good song title. Jerry's, Jerry's at the curb. <laughs> Jerry's life was absurd. Yeah, the last couple hours, yeah. I don't... That wasn't good. Hey, fuck you, bro. You do... <laughs> oh, yeah? I'm talking like a sim. Yeah. <laughs> now do a French accent. Charlie's <laughs> Did Charlie Brown have a dad? I don't think so. I Well, maybe. I mean, all the parents were just... All the parents were just like... Tuba, not tuba. Want, want, want trombones. Trombones. With like the trombones with the plunger. Want, 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 want. So, so want, 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 want. So wah, we're wah. at this point. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I mean, Bob. Bob wasn't. Bob's a rapist. Yeah, uh, he's a killer. There's proof of it. Um, and and you know what? He went on. <laughs> this is just the end of this first episode. He's a rapist. He's a killer. He's a torturer. He's a rapist. I had nothing else Jesus, to say. Jesus, what are you? <laughs> you know, like that Steve Miller song. <laughs> I'm joker? a joker. Yeah, I'm a smoker. I'm a midnight <laughs> stroker. Oh God, Bob uh, Berdella. Yeah. Uh, so he did a bunch of other shit. We're gonna talk about that next week. Oh yeah, yeah. No, part two. We're gonna. It's cover not over. The crimes and spoiler alert: uh, the end of the crime spree. But as Jake mentioned earlier, uh, it, the one thing that kind of separates him from others is the fact he he really took a lot of notes about everything. Like he a did. lot of no- like an alarming amount. Almost every victim uh, that was accounted for. We know he did it and exactly what he did because of notes and pictures from before, during, and after the killings slash torturing, whatever you may call it. He had like hundreds of Polaroids when they found him. Yeah. And, um, and they they were all just under his bed. One interesting little tidbit is that uh, there were upwards of 46 other unsolved murders in the Kansas City area during his crime spree. And a lot of people, the prosecutors included, believe that it might have been him. Yeah. But there's no way to connect him to that. So I, I think you mentioned it earlier. I think it's six was the. Yeah, number. they locked down six. Yeah. And, uh, he only got tried for the murder of two and the violent torture and sexual assault of the other four. Yeah. So this guy. Though they are dead too. This guy's making making a name for himself in the KC area. Um. Georgia, you're here. I, give me your thoughts on this. You've been sitting here. What do you here, think of Bob Berdella? You've been soaking in the butter that is Bob Berdella's story. Hit me with it. Well, he just sounds like the greatest guy. Uh, he, uh, no, no, this guy sounds awful. <laughs> He's like, he sounds like an amazing man. I would All love right, to meet him. I don't know if I wasn't paying it. Well, I wasn't paying attention. But you, did you say something about the Super Bowl right in the beginning? Yeah. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Uh, I was is, like, this guy's in the Super Bowl. <laughs> there is. I will. There's. A, I'll go into it next week, but I'll give you a little interesting story. Um, it b- by the end when he's getting caught. Uh, that's eighty-eight, I believe. He uh, in Bob's Bazaar. He was selling for what he claimed were human skulls, called the Final Four, because the NCAA tournament was happening in Kansas City. And he was trying to drum up some business. And they have almost 100% proof that at least two of them were, in fact, human skulls that he was selling. Yeah, a lot of people bought skulls from his bazaar. Yeah. And a lot of them kind of freaked out when this broke. <laughs> yeah, because it turns out that a couple of them were real. We'll, yeah. We'll talk about that more we next will. week. We will. That'll be next week. But uh, I didn't so want to we got one murder down, and you know what the made him that way. Well, I don't think... Shrunken heads may have been real. I, I don't know. I, How do you shrunk a head? I don't know the art of shrunken head 
We got to look that up. Like pickle. If anyone knows how to shrink a head, email us and tell us. If you do, can you like do that for us? That would be sick. <laughs> you like? Do you have like a guy? You have a you have a head shrinking guy. Do you have to supply the? <laughs> how much is the labor cost on shrinking a head? Do I have to pay for my own formaldehyde, or does that come included? Uh, we should drink heads. Drink heads. I don't like the sound of that remotely. Oh, so do you guys think it was art? I cannot hear you at all. Forgive me. Jeez. No. Do you guys think it was art? Wasn't there an art story that came out like last year about some woman letting people like smack her and whip her with belts and stuff as an art statement? Yeah, I believe that was a performance. I feel art like piece. is that like a regular thing? I feel like that's happened more than once. Uh yeah, yeah. Performance yeah. art is performance fucking... art's crazy, man. I it's, think it's it's really interesting to see. At the risk of alienating our performance art or performance art lovers out there. Uh, to me, a, a good chunk of this weirder performance art is really just a facade to be your weird self and just let people see that. It's like, I wonder if people will be polite about this. Yeah, and it, like, you know. it's like, I understand that maybe it's art, but like, if you're going to stand nude in front of a group of 200 people and just let them throw batteries at you, that's not really art to me. I don't get the Well, it could be. Value. It depends on what it symbolizes while you're doing it, it, you know? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, you, you know what I was thinking? Because uh, Bob kind of later goes on to blame, like, his uh, his actions on, like, media TV. He said, yeah, like, the, the collector of the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was thinking, like, his art piece, the one with the maze and the chickens, and they, like, they accidentally killed the chickens. I was thinking that could be, like, a... A metaphor for him. He's like, I saw this movie, and I didn't want to do it, but I did it involuntarily. You know what I mean? That Something like that. Sense. I'd get an I A get in art school. That's an interesting little. Uh, I don't know. Little workaround there. I That's like what it. I was just thinking. Maybe it was a cry for help, but he didn't really even think it was. On, I'm going to throw in a quick. This completely unrelated to Bob Rodella, but speaking of blaming the media for. Uh, not necessarily the media, but blaming entertainment as a whole for crime. I don't know if you guys know this, but uh, apparently Chicago is currently trying to ban the Grand Theft Auto video game series because they've had such a spike in carjackings lately in the city. Oh, yeah, that's it. That's it. They are 100% adamantly trying to make it illegal to own Grand Theft Auto, the video game. Why? It's been out for so long. It doesn't matter. Video games turn people into rapists dude, and what murderers. what the fuck is going on in Chicago, dude? They got... The, the, the game that teaches you how to get away with crime. You know. <laughs> you run away, you go home, you sleep. I hate Save that, game. I hate that shit. People are like... So th- this is my thought. They're like, if playing violent video games makes you violent, wouldn't playing sports games make you athletic? Oh, it's a whole different I thing. play a lot of Madden, and I still can't walk. So <laughs> something here is not adding Wait, up. Wait, you can't walk? Something, something here is not. I thought you were not, just exhausted. I'm, all, I'm perpetually tired. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just consistently, agonizingly exhausted. I can't move. But that's my thought, is if violent video games are going to make someone become violent, why wouldn't we just have them play happy video games? Well, like uh, like Chia Pets or something? That, those are not video games. You're those right. Are physical what am I thinking objects. of? It's like a little like like egg-shaped thing. The Tamagotchi. 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 That's, a, that's what I thought. I thought it was Chia Pets, but I'm like, no, that's the stupid that's fucking busts of whoever. You're like, yeah, I play I play so much NBA 2K20 that uh, I'm going to be in the NBA next year. My layup is... It's fucking needs wicked gnarly. I don't get it. It's stupid. Um... So if you blame video games for your problems, you're a fucking idiot. What's going on with Chicago, man? Like they're doing that. They got the like six mile and over six mile an hour over the speed limit, like guns now at like uh intersections and shit. Chicago's essentially that guy from your high school that got really addicted to heroin and started asking to borrow shit so he could sell it and just like have money. That's what Chicago's doing it's as funny a state. How it, very specific that description was. Mm. Yeah. That's yep. A, yep, it's almost like that. That's what that's what Illinois is doing as a state. They're just like, 
what in what ways can we make life for our people miserable and make money in the process? It's a shithole. Illinois is a shithole. I'm sorry to say it. It just is. It's not terrible. I yeah, but Chicago is so big that it 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 speaks for Illinois. You know, it's the coolest city in the Midwest, so you could live so far away from it and still say like, yeah, I'm from Chicago. See, I would disagree. I like. I, I'm, I'm not saying you can, but a lot of people do. No, no, I'm. I if I had to pick the coolest city in the Midwest, mine, I'm going Milwaukee. I love Milwaukee. True, but they it's not nearly fun. big enough. No, it's too. That's why I like it though, because it's nice. It's small. Exactly. See, we're not. We're not necessarily city folk. No, I'm... I like to say I live there. I'm quasi-city. I wouldn't city. mind living there again, but... I like the... I, I See, to me, I love the idea of using a car to go to a store as opposed to, like, a <laughs> bus or a train. I really love the freedom that cars give. Yeah, cars are cool. And, uh, yeah, I, I mean, the city's a cool place to go, but... A lot of people are mean. It smells like pee. Uh, there's a lot of people that just suck... Uh, I went to school there for four years. I saw countless people masturbating. I saw countless, countless what piles kind of, what of human street shit. were you on? I saw naked people that were unwittingly naked just walking around that probably haven't bathed in months. Um, You're making it sound like Skid Row everywhere. It was gross. There was some shit that was just fucking gross. It was like, oh. Oh, dude, that guy peed on the building we went to school in. Yeah, that's where all my classes he were. He whipped yeah. his dick out and pissed on the door. But at least we got out. That was right after our class. Yeah, we didn't have to go through the the pee. But yeah, we didn't have to, you know, trek the river. It's like, it has its charm. I am in no way saying cities don't have their charm. I love the city. <laughs> it, it definitely is a nice place. It's fun to go and walk around. They have a lot of cool shit to see. But if you get on the the weird block... Mm-mm. It's over. It's beautiful if you just look straight up, but then you're gonna get robbed. Yeah, and you're gonna get you know, stabbed. That was always. I remember there was always those moments of like getting out of class, and I'd be waiting for you or Mitch or someone, and I'd just be sitting there, just like on Michigan Avenue, like looking at my phone, and then the realization would hit me. I'd be like, "It is pitch black out here." Yeah, I'd, I am just. I'd come get you at like nine thirty. Like, like this at is night. fucked like, up. I'm just like, I don't like this. I'm getting out of here. But I never died, but people did touch me. They touched my hair. Yeah, I didn't like that lady. That was weird. She was trying to rub me, and I, I didn't want any part of it. I, I was just, like, can you not do that? I just wanted to go to class. I just wanted to learn. <laughs> I'm just trying to learn. And she was, oh. Okay, anyway, with all that yeah, being said. We are starting a cult. That was Grand Up Jake. Georgie was here, and uh, well, that was great. Still he still yeah, he is still here, here, unfortunately. For how long, though? Uh, I don't know. But, uh, no, yeah, so follow us on all the shit. Uh, we got Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We also have Twitter. We have an email, uh, startacult at gmail.com. We also have Patreon. There's a link below. Go in there. Uh, we have cool stuff on there. We have shirts. We have episodes that are exclusively me and Grant talking about shit. True. That you can't hear on the main. True. The Mothman. That's on the regular feed, man. Oh, that's on the regular one? That was the, yeah, it's you and me on there. Well, that's, go back and listen to that one. That's a fun it's one. A, it's a good one. It's really mean when you <laughs> when you go listen to it. It's, it's a really, short little read. Yeah, it's, it's a, we're really digging into this guy. He but it's all it. a good fun. He needed it. He needed it. He needed to yeah. know that he needs to in, improve. It was, it was the kind of criticism you don't get at school. It's, uh, yeah. We will be back will for be part back two next, next week. week. Bob Berdilla. Yes. We love you all. And have a great week. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> You're talking you. so slow. Yeah. Do all that. Bye. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.